1: College game day coming to Lawrence for KU versus TCU? Absolutely, I am here for it. K-State, they are still ranked. Love that, let's keep moving up the ladder. And Mizzou plays Florida, let's get an SEC win this week, shall we? Now, Chiefs, can we just continue what we did last week in Tampa Bay into this week against the Raiders? That would be chef's kiss, amazing. I have everything you need to know right here on The Best Everything.
2: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible.
1: This is the best everything presented by Charlie Hustle. I am your host Michaela Bennett. First things first, the Kansas City Chiefs just went into Tampa Bay and defeated the Buccaneers, and yes, it was a 10-point game, 41-31, but it was pretty much domination. The Chiefs just had an outstanding game. They showed up, they showed out, and they proved that they are the team to beat. Now, there are a lot of guys on the Chiefs that stepped up this week. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he arguably so re he he showed us again why he is one of if not the best quarterback in the NFL he reiterated to us what we all know as Chiefs fans but the rest of the league sometimes forget the crazy plays the crazy throws he just gets things done he just makes plays that no one else can but there was a lot of other guys this week that stepped up and made things happen
3: a lot of people had a, a lot of nice performances for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're here to talk about that. What a fun game to be a part of. Oh. And it kind of came out of nowhere. I picked the Chiefs to lose this game. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, I I just didn't have good vibes about it. My vibes were off. And it's I it's cuz I doubted Patrick Mahomes. And I should never and It's not that I doubted him. It's just that I didn't I didn't appreciate what this dude is and what he is, is a stone cold killer. He is an absolute stone cold killer. And we, you know, the, the late, great, wonderful Therese Paylor just labeled these games, these over my dead body games. You got one, you got one last night. He was off the rails. I mean, we talk about like, everybody's talking about the, the, the throw to Clyde Edwards Alaire for the touchdown, do you remember the third down to Juju Smith Schuster where he was about to get tackled and just kind of flicked it over to him? Like that play got like, a like erased from people's memories. It feels like you have to get to remember that one too. What a nuts game from him! Let's start with that, Matthew. So, so we want. Are you sure we want
4: to start with Patrick Mahomes here, who you doubted going into this one? I didn't doubt. <laughs> I just okay. didn't not doubt. Okay. Uh, yeah. He played an excellent game and you're right I, for rightfully. So everyone's highlight that they remember from this play is going to be the red zone play where he rolls out, spins away from Devin white, who's still trying to talk trash while getting his ankles broken and then hits the little floater to Clyde Erdilair in the back corner of the end zone. Like that's, that's what everyone's going to remember. And that play was great. And that's a one of a kind play that only one person is ever going to be able to pull off that plays quarterback. However, I don't know if that was just the best. I mean, that wasn't his best throw. It wasn't even. It might not even be the top five best throws that he made in this game. Like Ken's talking about, I actually think the um, the corner route, the Travis Kelsey on the possession after his <laughs> touchdown, that that throw was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the seam ball to MVS to split too high, where he put it where only MVS could get it, or it's going to be incomplete. I mean, that throw was a laser it was under like a forty like yard
3: back shoulder in the middle of the field. Like that's kind of how it played
4: out. <laughs> He was hitting stuff everywhere, different arm angles. I mean, he was doing everything you could possibly want out of a quarterback. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. It was definitely a – I don't even want to go with over the over-my-dead-body game. It's just a I-remember game. Like, I remember everything you guys said in the Super Bowl. I remember everything you guys have said since the Super Bowl. I think it was definitely very targeted towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defenders. Not all of them, but most of them, because there was a lot, of, there was a lot of talking from the Super Bowl on.
3: Shaq Barrett. Do do we think because Patrick Mahomes kind of addressed that in his postgame presser talked about how, you know, he, he didn't really feel that way until he walked into the stadium and he was like, oh, man, I want to win here. Do we do we believe that to be the case or do we Not believe for a second. him Yeah, I was going to say, or do we believe him to be the guy that's going to count on his fingers because of where he was ranked or where he was drafted or any of the that man came in trying to prove a point and they did absolutely did. So did Andy Reid. So did Eric Bien-Aimé. I We'll go ahead and lump him in there. We we tend to lump blame on him for some reason when they perform poorly. And then when they do well, we don't heap the praise upon it. You know, the entire game plan was great. Anybody who had a hand in it was awesome. And Patrick just comes out there and lights the world on fire.
1: Now, the guys on KC Lab talked all about that this week, but BJ Kissel um, talked also about Travis Kelsey. I think a lot of times the Kansas City Chiefs fans, they don't appreciate Travis Kelsey as much as they should because they're just so used to a tight end performing as well as he does. But we are so fortunate and so honestly kind of spoiled to have Travis Kelsey on the Kansas City Chiefs, not only just working in unison with Patrick Mahomes but the records that he has every single year and he's such a great tight end that BJ really reiterates that here that that was one of the better games he has and had had and one of the better things that the Chiefs did this past week was give Travis Kelsey the ball.
5: We don't want to, you know, normalize uh, witnessing greatness. And that's what we've been seeing. Uh, It's not hyperbole to say that because when you put into context what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, again, he's doing things that we've never seen from a quarterback in NFL history. So we should enjoy this as the 27-year-old continues to go out there and uh Redefine what playing quarterback at the NFL level looks like. Uh, and it's always awesome to get on social media during the games and to see the national media and people covering the NFL for a very long time or played the game for a very long time talking about Mahomes in these same ways. All right, let's move along to number two. And that's the fact that Travis Kelsey continued to do Travis Kelsey things. He's the best tight end in NFL history, and he finished Sunday's game with nine catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. It seemed like every time the Chiefs offense needed a big play early in this game, Kelsey was on the receiving end of the pass. Four of his nine receptions in this game came on third downs for a first down, including three In the first half when the game was a little bit closer before they kept extending that three possession lead in the second half and trading uh, scores right up until the end. Uh, Kelsey's nine receptions in the game also moved him past Tony Gonzalez for the second most receptions in NFL history for a tight end in his first 10 seasons trailing only Jason Witten right now. Uh, So again, we talk about Patrick Mahomes setting all these records. Travis Kelsey has been doing the same thing. Kelsey also moved past Rob Gronkowski to move into fifth on the NFL's all-time receiving yards list for tight ends, trailing now only Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, and Shannon Sharp. And anytime you talk about the best tight ends in NFL history, those five guys are basically the ones in the conversation. Uh, And for Travis Kelsey, who not played as many seasons as those guys for him to already be in that conversation uh, with hopefully a lot of good football left in front of him. Um, it just shows how special what we've seen from Travis Kelsey is. And also something that we should not normalize.
1: Travis Kelsey is always breaking records, but another new thing that is happening is college game day is coming to Lawrence for KU versus TCU both undefeated this is going to be a great weekend for ku football regardless of the outcome college game day is coming to lawrence and for the first time ever that's amazing now what will happen with that what will ku do against tcu And OC talked about that this week and talked about you know what they're expecting with college game day but also what they're expecting with this game
6: I said it at the top, but I still can't believe what I'm saying this. College game day is coming to Lawrence, Kansas on Saturday, boys. And TCU, undefeated, coming to town. TCU looks like a wagon. They absolutely smoked OU last week. But just, I don't know, how pumped are we for college game day coming to town?
7: I just, I want to ask you guys. Like, does this, does any of this feel real to you? Like, has it hit you? Are you like crazy excited, or does it just feel fake?
8: A little bit above. I'm trying not to think about it too much because it's only Monday and these weeks drag if I start looking into all that shit now. but I was sitting at Johnny's on Saturday night. We're just hanging out, and I'm watching the Clemson game, and it just pops up that little sidebar. It says, college game day next week in Lawrence, Kansas. And I just – I seriously stood up and threw my hands in the air. Like, (laughs) what are we – supposed? how do we even react to that? Like, for football. Not bad. Like, we've seen it for basketball dozens of times. It was just like a –
6: yeah. I laughed out loud. Like it was one of those things where you read the tweet and you just laugh out loud. Like that's how absurd yeah. it was. Um, First but, time
7: ever. And it's yeah. the, I feel like it's the game we talked about the least on the home schedule. <laughs>
5: yeah.
7: We talked about maybe Duke just cause it was the two schools that don't win much in football. We were both undefeated. We talked about potentially Oklahoma state third top 10 team. Um, and then TCU just been unreal. And we'll obviously talk about them in a little bit, but. First time ever in Lawrence. Our fans are insane. I guarantee it's going to be a crazy turnout at game day. Trying to figure out where it's going to be at. I'm assuming on the hill somewhere right outside the stadium. But I can't, I cannot believe it. And I had a feeling after what they did to OU. I don't know how good OU is right now. But TCU is averaging 49 points a game. And KU is right up there as well. I don't know what we're at after Saturday. But two electric offenses that are both undefeated and in the top 20. And it's... Dude, I haven't been – I don't – I can't even think on the last time I've been this excited for – or nervous for a KU game. I said that last weekend, but – so maybe it was (laughs) last weekend.
6: Shout-out game day. We bullied them on Twitter when they didn't pick us for the Duke game, but, like, they totally played this right. Like, this is so much more exciting than Duke. Um, Thinking about top 20 matchup in the booth in week six of college football, and it's like, oh, I I can't believe it. TCU, like – Ab, I think you've been high on TCU all year. You loved them from the start, um, and I don't know what to make of OU, but it doesn't matter. OU still OU. You go in and you do that to them, just absolutely trounced them. Like early lines out, seven point underdogs. We continue to <laughs> we, we continue to get disrespected, but. I don't know.
8: A.B., talk to me about TCU. How are you feeling heading into the game? I know I've been the TCU guy this year, but I think they might be a touch overrated now.
1: You know, speaking of being overrated, Georgia and Mizzou just played last weekend in Columbia, and Mizzou had a lead on Georgia. Is Georgia overrated? You know, they are ranked number one in the new AP poll, but mizzou almost defeated them are they overrated i don't know but the rest of the sec kind of is up for grabs it seems like it seems like there are a lot of as they say in the show mizzou that's who mid-offs um throughout the sec they have the top of the top with bama georgia maybe tennessee maybe one other team but the rest of the sec is simply just grabbing at what they can get there's no really other contenders it seems but they talked about where where does mizzou fall in this where does mizzou where ultimately can they end up in the sec
9: but the game on saturday gave me like looking forward to the georgia game and the kentucky game or i'm sorry the um florida game the kentucky game and all of that man they put a lot of hope in us yeah. they you hope. Yeah. <laughs> to the regular fan they gave us a lot yeah. of hope and Am I saying we're going to go into Florida and win that game? I don't know. But if they show up at home against Kentucky like that, if they show up at home against Arkansas like that, because Arkansas is really not that great of a football team. Um, You know, they kept it close with them, with Alabama after Alabama lost Bryce Young. But they're not unbeatable by any means.
10: Here's the secret about the SEC. There's only really two great teams every year. Like they like to tell everybody, well, our 12th place team can beat your 12th place team. I mean, probably, but your 12th place team still kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, what I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only like the the whole thing about the SEC has been built on, well, our 10th place team can beat our third place team. Yeah. I mean, we were talking before the ninth place team in the Big 12 might be able to beat the first place team in the Big 12, but it doesn't mean the Big 12's great. You know, it means they have a bunch of teams that could beat each other on any given day. I, I think the SEC has two teams at another level, and I'm not sure there's. I, I mean, who's the third best team in the SEC? Ole Miss, I guess, probably. You know, Maybe. yeah, or Tennessee. Tennessee, at this point. yeah, and like I think Tennessee's good, but you know, they're not. They, you can invent worlds in which a bottom half of the SEC team is going to beat them.
11: Yeah. They're not I think gonna the kids
9: call these days mid-offs I think everybody in the SEC is like a m it's just a mid off. <laughs> yeah.
11: Yeah. Uh I I think uh too, luckily for the SEC, both of their good teams are on other sides of the division. Unlike the Big Ten, two of their good teams are on the same side of the division, and they got one division that's absolutely bad. Um, but yeah, that's I always think about these these games, um, these Florida games are always weird games. It seems like something always weird happens in a Florida game, whether it's Missouri goes and blows them out. And it's just like, that's weird. That wasn't really supposed to happen or Florida blows Missouri out. Um, or or there's
10: Florida. a fight and one coach
11: <laughs> trolls the other coach who just got fired. And yeah, there's nothing normal happens in a Missouri, Florida game. It's just it's just the beauty of the beast, the nature of, of the game, nothing normal is going to happen. So prepare yourself for the unexpected in this game. Hey, sorry to interrupt today's podcast, but I have to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. First one being Liquid Death. You've heard us talk about this company all the time here on Kansas City Sports Network. Here at KCSN, we love Liquid Death. And when I'm looking through the bottled water section of my local store and I say, oh, what are those strange tall boys up there? I know it's Liquid Death. And you might look at it and be like, wait, what is that up there? Kind of rad looking cans. It's Liquid Death. And it's spring water from the Alps, it's not beer, and it is called Liquid Death. Yeah, that name jumps off the can, the the can design, everything. I would show you a can, but I don't have one, because I've drank all of them. I've drank everything that they've given me at Liquid Death, because it's so delicious, because it absolutely murders your thirst. That's why it's called Liquid Death, it murders your thirst. And not only does it murder your thirst, but it brings death to plastic bottles. I hate plastic pollution, you hate plastic pollution, Their infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans help bring death to that as well, that pollution. And they donate 10% of their profits to uh, help kill plastic pollution, another good thing about the folks over at Liquid Death. And let me tell you, they've got, uh, I believe, four different flavors that you can get. Uh, no five. If you talk about their uh, flavored sparkling waters, they've got a berry, they've got a mango, they've got a lime. All of them are very good. As a guy who drinks sparkling water myself, love the Liquid Death versions of them. Make sure you go check those out. They have just a still spark, a still water, which is the water from the Alps. Kind of weird to be drinking out of a can, but it feels good to be drinking out of a can because you're doing you're doing good for the environment. And they also have just a regular sparkling water if you want to add it to your. Add it to your uh, mixed drinks, maybe. Have it be a little bit of a, of a beverage mixer you could have there with your liquid death. But they've got all kinds of things, and you can go find it at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven Roundies, or High V. Or, here's what you can do. You can go and find a Liquid Death retailer near you using uh, code KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Go to that website. Find a Liquid Death retailer near you. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. All right, I've also got to tell you about our friends at Trade Coffee. Trade is another one of those companies that we've been talking to you about a lot. Here at Kansas City Sports Network. And if you know me, if you're anything like me, I don't drink coffee a whole lot. I got a sensitive stomach. But when I do drink coffee, I want it to be the best quality coffee out there. I want it to be the best of the best. And, you know, I I couldn't tell you exactly what makes a good cup of coffee, but the folks of Trade at Trade Coffee do know what makes a good cup of coffee, and they give me good cups of coffee every single time. I can't I can't deny. It. I mean, they're they're great. They're great at what they do. And, and so, let me tell you about Trade Coffee. If you've been listening, you know about Trade. It's a coffee subscription service, unlike anything you've tried before, because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in country in the country directly to your home on a preferred schedule. Their team of experts do the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the United States every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. Here's the really cool thing: we at KCSN have a collection. So the coffee I get from Trade is so good, I can't believe you know how well they picked it for me. And if you kind of want the same taste that I've got, if you want to know what we're getting, you can go to Trade Coffee dot com slash KCSN go check out our own custom collection that we have right there go check it up if it's not up your alley don't worry about it because trade will have you know will have whatever you want you can take a quiz this is one of my favorite things you could take a quiz they personalize the coffee just for you you go by roast however you uh, prepare your coffee how you like to take your coffee and their coffee profile quiz will get you expertly matched with coffees that you will Love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best and fresh tasting coffee delivered to you fresh when you need it. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try trade coffee right now. Trade is offering our listeners a total of thirty dollars off their first home order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash kcsn. That's drinktrade.com slash kcsn for thirty dollars off your subscription to the best coffee in the country. Now let's get back to today's show.
1: You know, speaking of unexpected, the Florida-Mizzou game, never know what to expect at all. But as well with rookies in the NFL, you never really know what to expect as a rookie or as fans watching rookies. We've seen them throughout their college years, but we've never seen them in the NFL. Well, on five burning questions this week, BJ sits down with Nate Taylor to talk about the rookies and which one has impressed him the most or surprised him the most, I should say so far throughout these, you know, short season that we've had so far, which rookie has been the biggest surprise to this point
5: so far, who's been the most surprising rookie to perform well so far through four games to you, Nate?
8: My initial reaction is to say Jalen Watson, because he won you all a game, Hmm. but I think, based on where he was taken in the draft and what he's been asked to do incrementally week to week I think the answer is probably George Karloftis. Um and I know the sack numbers are not what he has not gotten one yet I believe right is that is that correct BJ
5: yeah I'm very aware because I'm the one who okay. predicted him to break Derek Thomas's rookie sack record and he is falling off that pace. But he is but disrupting he, play.
8: Exactly exactly see sir I don't know uh what you did with, with DraftKings, shout out to them. But hey, uh he has played I'm still very well. Good. <laughs> still feeling good. Hey, we're still,
5: still feeling good.
8: How many of these we got left? 13, boys. Uh <laughs> so Just
5: a couple big games, we're right back on track. It's come all on, right.
8: fellas. Come on. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I think Carloftis has been um very good uh for what has been asked of him. We know we can play a lot of snaps because he demonstrated that in college. Um, his tackle for loss against the Buccaneers—that's just smarts. That's just hey, I've seen that on film. I know that's one of the plays they like to run. Let me go disrupt it immediately as soon as I see the lineman try to pull behind me. Um, I get the sense that Loftus is not trying to do too much, but he is coming in with a plan, and so that is helping the Chiefs generate some level of pressure, right? Um, the feature star in Sunday's game was Chris Jones. And I think the chiefs defensive line knew that based on where the strengths and the weaknesses were for the Buccaneers offensive line. It was in the interior. Uh, The quickest way to get pressure on Tom Brady is right up his face. Uh, And the player that is the most talented on the defensive line is Chris Jones. So why don't we do everything we can to get him one-on-ones or to get him the ability to sort of go through gaps immediately. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, George Colofs has been very good in the run game, which is why the Chiefs are one of the best run defenses in the NFL right now. Um, He had moments against the Colts where it looked like, hey, he was going to get there to Matt Ryan. Um, And I think the fact that he's played all of these games at pretty much a starter level in terms of rotation or snaps, however you want to divide it up. Uh, Obviously, there was no Mike Dana this week because of the the right calf that he's dealing with. Um, I got to give it to him. Like – You've had the most opportunity, and you haven't. You probably stunk the least. You've probably been the most consistent, even though the stats aren't as you know high as you would like them to be, or there or there aren't that many like highlight worthy plays. Um, he's doing his job consistently at a very good level for a rookie four games into a season. There have been highs with Isaiah Pacheco and like Justin Watson. There have been lows with those guys, or you know snaps that you wish they could have back. Sky Moore, you know, he had a nice couple receptions in the game last week, but obviously we all know what happened in the Colts. So it's somewhat surprising because as he's alongside a lot of his peers, George Karloftis has not had that many dips through four games.
1: Well, we will definitely see what happens with the rest of the rookies this season for the Kansas City Chiefs. But something else to talk about is the Kansas State Wildcats broke the curse. They were ranked last week, number 25, and they won, which is something that they historically have not been able to do the week after they were ranked. They typically have lost the following week. Well, now they're still in the top 25. They're actually number 20 right now in the AP poll, and they head to Iowa State to take on the Cyclones and hopefully come home with that win. Now, what does that look like for... K State right now? Where does where K State really sitting? What does their future look like these next few games?
2: It's hard not to, to dream a little bit and think about Kansas State going these two and zero these next two weeks over a three week stretch. Oklahoma State in Manhattan, October 29th, for homecoming and having a potential top 10 matchup by then, top 15 and top 10. I mean, that
8: this is the, the atmosphere.
2: I mean, gosh, I I just want to see that happen so bad, guys, because I want to see that atmosphere. Not that the atmosphere hasn't been good in Manhattan, but but it would be at another level, the best level it's been in the Chris Kleiman era. um, If they can get to that with a significant matchup in Manhattan um, under, well, hopefully under the lights, we'll see. But um, that's, that's the dream scenario is to win these next two. And get to that game. But yeah, yeah. We'll maybe
11: maybe you're the night game on ABC or something, but with our luck, we'll probably be the, the big noon kick on Fox. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, so. I'm taking it one week at a time, boys, because, you know, this is a big week.
0: Yeah, definitely. but this is the get of the hump game.
2: And and not only that, but, I mean, as I was so kindly reminded by uh, Iowa State fans, uh, Chris Clement has lost two games in a row to Iowa State by a pretty rough combined aggregate score. Uh, I This is a
12: one game. I understand the
2: aggregate, yes. I mean, but Iowa State really controlled that game last year, too. I mean, that was a pretty disappointing. Well,
12: because the first players a touchdown.
2: <laughs> I mean, just right from the get-go, they, they controlled that game. That was a disappointing one yeah. last year. So, th- this is a game, like, look, Matt Campbell last year had the team with all the experience, all the talent. They, they were like K-State last year. Remember that preseason All-Big 12 team last year? It was littered with Iowa State players that have now since gone on to the NFL. This year it's K-State that led the league with all those all those players there. They came in and smacked K-State around, even though they went seven and six last year. They came into Bill Snyder Family Stadium and won. Like this, this is the game that you need to go get. Like this is a game that you you should win. You've got the experienced team. You got the veteran team. Iowa State looks like they're in shambles right now. You you've got to go get this game. Gotta go get it.
1: You know, K-State is definitely the veteran team right now they should come home with that win but we will see if they can hold on and stay in the AP top 25 but the Kansas City Chiefs looking ahead right now they have you know this season a lot of rookies and they have a lot of new offensive weapons well on one-on-one this week Mike DeVito sat down with Jeff Schwartz to talk about the new guys and kind of how that can take a little bit of for the offense to get going and firing on all cylinders. Whenever you have some new guys, you don't know exactly what routes they're going to run, where works best for each guy. You know, we have a lot of new receivers this year and things just sometimes don't feel like they're meshing as well as they could. This last week in Tampa Bay, everything looked amazing or at least a lot better than it has in previous weeks especially against the Colts but looking ahead you know and I think Mike DeVito says a really good point in here the the quality of football it kind of takes a little bit longer to build up to it now simply because of the new CBA rules and the less time that they have in pads you know in preseason so it takes a little bit longer for the offenses to kind of get rolling
13: Talk to me about sort of the mechanics, what you saw up front. It looked like, you know, the run game was good. I mean, it seemed like everything was clicking. Pat was, you know, the pass protected well. I mean, specifics on the offensive line, what did you see with those guys?
12: I think it's very important early in the game to get a quarterback comfortable by either getting the ball out quickly or just not getting him hit. And that's what they did early on. They made sure that Pat was comfortable, that he was, um, you know, felt good in the pocket. And yeah, there were some individual breakdowns, but for the most part, they were just really good, mm-hmm. um, and, and they have the capability to be that good, right? I mean, their tackles, I think, are the more concerned as far as pressure-wise. But, again, I thought they did they did pretty well. The one sack was, you know, Brown it was a three-step drop. He went out to punch. Ball wasn't gone. Could have been better, sure. I think another sack was on a safety pressure. So, it, it mo- they mostly kept Pat clean all game, and they ran the ball really well. And, look, I'm very hard on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think that he has not lived up to – his draft status, I don't know who that was on Sunday because that was the guy I think they expected him to be. Now, the, the drop was bad, but he ran with a purpose. He ran hard. He ran physical. He didn't run with the two hands on the ball, kind of like tiptoeing. He ran full speed ahead. Ten ran well. Like It just looked like everyone was one speed, one direction. And I thought Pack got really comfortable early on, which is important. I think when you – any quarterback, young, old – when they start getting hit early in games, are just not the same because it speeds up their process. You know, they're looking for pressure. And it was so important that the Chiefs kept him very clean early in the game.
13: Yeah. That was one thing, you know, having played Tom Brady 13 times in my career, that was a key uh, for every one of those games was, listen, we got to hit him early. Yes. got to hit him early. You know, the only chance in coverage and on defense to slow this offense down is to make sure he feels us early and often. Um, and so it's 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 natural to think that that's the same. Yeah. Game. Um, I'm curious, Jeff, about you know offenses this time of year. So one thing Jeff Allen talks about, and we we've talked about before, is I feel like it's a lot easier for defenses to get the season started and be sort of in midseason form right away. It's just like you know the plays, you get lined up, and you go. Whereas on offense, it seems like it takes a little bit because you you still have to gel. And we talk, you talked about Mahomes and those receivers and how they really started clicking this week where they haven't seen that in the past. Is that, is, is that a correct take? Does it seem like it takes offenses, uh, regardless of how good you are, a little bit longer to get things in sort of mid-season form given how, you know, everybody sort of has to gel on yeah. that side of the ball, whereas on defense, you just fly, you know, just go, you know?
12: It's a good question. Um, I think it depends on where you are with your personnel, right? If you're a, a team that's returning a bunch of guys, you should be fine early in the season. But when you have a new wide receiving core, it's going to take time. You know, part of it is you, you just don't know sometimes what you're going to be good at. Right. And you think you're going to be good at something, and you realize you're not. I remember going back to 2013, you know, we we had obviously brand new staff, but Andy Heck was the offensive line coach, he still is. And Andy Heck loves power, right? He wanted to run power yeah. as much as possible. Pull the guard. God's just play, like you, you guys, yeah, and like that year we actually weren't. And I remember halfway through the season we were bad at it, like thirteen percent success rate. And he's like, let's throw this out, and when we did our run game it was better. Like, and that's why. So it just it just takes time to figure out what you're good at. I think you're seeing the Chiefs figure out. Okay, MVS is here, Juju's here, Pat wants his guys there. Do this in the run game. Okay we're good at these runs, we're bad at these runs, let's have 10 do this, let's have 25 do this. Right. And that, I think, is is what takes time. And also, too, you need to see everything versus every look, right? Because you might get a team that runs a cover-two scheme, The next week you have a cover-three scheme. One team's a 3-4, one team's a four-two-five. And so you have to see things happen over the course of many weeks. And I think that's why offenses, quote-unquote, start slower. Now, I'd imagine that in offense with – Guys returning, like Kansas City has had previous seasons, there was never that problem. They started very fast because they knew what to do. They knew what to in situations. I think teams are still figuring that out. So I'm, I would not be surprised. I mean, look, they're already number one in EPA. Like, they can't get any better, really. Right. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to kind of figure out offensively, especially in the passing game, you know, where Pat can find the guys that he likes.
1: Hopefully the Chiefs offense continues to mesh, and Pat and the rest of the guys work really well together and they can take home the win on Monday night as the Raiders come to town to Arrowhead for the division matchup. It is going to be a good one because everyone always gives their best when it's the Kansas City Chiefs. This week is huge in college football as well. You know, hopefully Mizzou can get an SEC win against Florida this week. Who knows what's going to happen? It's so unpredictable with Mizzou in Florida, but KU college game day in Lawrence going to be so fun 11 a.m. kickoff and hopefully KU can remain undefeated that is absolutely wild but I'm here for it and hopefully K-State can go into Iowa State and come home with that win and remain in the top 25 in the AP poll so that maybe in a few weeks we have them in a top 10 matchup who knows but this has been the best of everything and I'm your host Michaela Bennett I'll see you next week